Hello and welcome to the Vexilogicast. From the final resting place of the Canadian hitchhiking robot Hitchbot, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about choosing Canada's flag, where I will be talking about the flag debates that went on from 1963 to 1965 in Canada about adopting the current flag of Canada. Before I get into that, though, of course, you can see images and informational links at vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. Discussion can be found on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. And of course, I have a Facebook page, a Twitter, and a Patreon page, should you be so inclined. I've received my fair share of death threats. And I think that in the age of the internet, with 13-year-olds trying to beat you at Call of Duty and angry at different moderation styles, this has become a common thing. I think it was a bit less common in 1965 when the creator of the current Canadian flag was given a death threat that he would be killed if he attended the unveiling of the flag in February 1965. Before we get to that, we have to back up and... I think the best place to start this episode is in the Suez Crisis of 1956. To give you a little bit of background there, Israel, France, and the UK all invaded Egypt because Egypt had nationalized the Suez Canal. I won't get too much into this, but the long story short is that due to this action, a gentleman by the name of Lester Pearson pushed for an international peacekeeping force as operated by the United Nations. Again, this was in 1956. When Lester Pearson put Canadian troops in as part of that peacekeeping force in Egypt, one of the big complaints that he heard from the Egyptians was that his Canadian troops were wearing the flag of the people they had just been fighting, specifically the British troops. This, therefore, planted the seed in his mind that Canada needed a new flag. Seven years later, in 1963, Lester Pearson and the Liberal Party of Canada put forward as part of their bid for election that in no less than two years, Canada would have a new flag if you, if the Canadian population elected them to Parliament. The Liberal Party was in fact able to win enough seats that they formed a minority government, and that is a government where they didn't have the majority, but they were able to make a coalition with other smaller parties such that they could create a government so the Conservative Party was not in government. And Lester Pearson set to work. He saw that in World War I, Canadian forces had used the Union flag to represent them. In World War II, they used a red ensign, and I'm sure you're all familiar with the various red ensigns I've talked about in different episodes. The Canadian one was no different than any of the others. And he also noticed that the Legion badge of Canadian troops was a red maple leaf on a white background with a blue border. And so inspired, he put together what he thought would be a decent flag to represent Canada as a new symbol for Canada, which was quickly derisively called the Pearson Pennant. It is briefly three red maple leaves on a white field with two blue vertical bars on either side. So it looks kind of like the current Canadian flag. You can definitely see how it is the predecessor. Just the bars are blue and there are three maple leaves instead of one maple leaf. 
Some claim that the use of blue was to represent Canada's dominion from sea to sea, although I've seen an equal number of people refuting that and saying that he just picked it as a nod towards the Legion badge. So I've brought up the Legion a couple of times here, and this is where if I was more technically able, I would cut in some interesting audio from the meeting of the Royal Canadian Legion in May 1964. And I'll provide a link to YouTube where you can watch some of these debates where Lester Pearson goes up to these World War II veterans and World War I veterans who had fought under the Red Ensign that was the unofficial flag of Canada to tell them how they needed a different flag, a more unifying flag. And he makes some fantastic remarks. He talks about how not all Canadians were descended from British stock, how he cites the numbers 5 million are descended from French stock, 5 million are immigrants, and an unknown number are First Nations people. I don't believe he used that term. But an inclusive symbol of Canada was necessary because it wasn't just a British colony anymore. He also mentions that they were fighting under this red maple leaf on their Legion badge. And it has one of the greatest little everybody has to calm down now moments. Uh, the moderator gets, there's a big rabble going on and the crowd is upset and they're booing Lester Pearson because they want the old flag and they're waving the, the red ensigns around. And the moderator gets up and he bangs the gavel and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I thought that you were ladies and gentlemen. And the crowd is like, oh man, you know, this guy just laid a smack down on him. Um, it's, it's a great video. I will link it. I highly recommend you watch it. And it lays out some very interesting arguments and arguments that I think you'll see repeated here when I do the episode on changing the flag of New Zealand. So Lester Pearson moves forward and the Liberal Party moves forward and they try to pass a new flag act through Parliament. This is met by a filibuster by the Conservative Party. So they're at a, a deadlock. There's no way that this is going to get passed. So as a, let's sidestep this, let's get the flag out of the main Parliament's debate so that Parliament can do actual work, they made a flag committee. And the Conservatives were okay with this because they had seen committee work just die, basically. And this committee was made of seven liberals, five conservatives, and three minority party members. And John Matheson was the chair of this committee, who wrote a book about creating the Canadian flag, which unfortunately I've not read, but I am definitely going to have to pick it up, having done what little internet research I've done. This committee then called for submissions, and received somewhere between 2,000 and 5,000 submissions, depending upon which article you read. Apparently, a majority, about 60%, preferred a maple leaf on the flag. And when we get to the New Zealand episode, you'll hear about some interesting designs where Kiwis are shooting lasers out of their eyes. Well, back in 1964, not a lot was different. They got a lot of joke submissions into the committee to create a new Canadian flag. And I'm not going to get into these, but you should definitely look them up. There are a lot of very funny things. So John Matheson somehow connects with a gentleman by the name of George Stanley of the Royal Military College of Canada. And George Stanley is interested in heraldry, he's interested in vexillology, and he starts 
talking with John Matheson, and they have a little discussion. And George Stanley looks up at the flag of the Royal Military College, which is a vertical tri-band, red, white, red, with the coat of arms of the Royal Military College on the white. And he says, well, we could just replace that coat of arms with a red maple leaf, and that's the new flag. And John Matheson's like, oh, okay. So there's a very famous memo, which I, again, will have links to, where George Stanley sets out the reasons why they need to change the flag, the reasons for the flag he's going to propose, and then has a pen drawing in red pen of two variants of the flags that he can use. And he cites red and white as great colors for Canada because of the oriflamme, which we covered in the episode on France, and, of course, St. George's Cross, which we covered in the episode on the UK. In this memo, George Stanley drew a vertical tri-band of equal stripe size, so it was red, white, red, with a 13-point maple leaf and a single leaf because it was simpler and it was more unifying, saying that there was one Canada, not three leaves of Canada. And he also had a horizontal tri-band with three leaves. Of course, the first flag was his choice, and of course, it later became the flag of Canada with two changes, the change of the Canadian pale, and that is the tri-band was now not equal. It's basically four vertical stripes, red, white, white, red, and the leaf has 11 points instead of 13. Now, the usage of all red was sometimes derided as communist, especially by the instructor who got me into vexillology in college, who was still upset in 2008 that they changed the flag in 1964-1965, but it was one of the three finalists that the committee would vote on. The Pearson pennant with three red maple leaves on white with two blue stripes, this Stanley flag that had the single red maple leaf on white with red stripes, and then a third amalgam that I won't touch because it is kind of both of them, and then they stuck a UK flag and a flag representing France on the sides, and it just looks really weird, and there's no way that that was going to make anything. In an interesting bit of politicking, the conservatives, thinking that the liberals were going to vote for the Pearson pennant, all decided to vote for this Stanley flag, such that the committee would then go back and it would be all divided, and the liberals and the minority parties saw this coming, and so they all changed their vote to the Stanley flag, so that when the, when the vote was tallied, the committee was unanimously voting for the current flag of Canada. So no longer could the conservatives say, hey, it was a split vote, or hey, it was undecided. This was a unanimous vote out of committee going back to Parliament. Unfortunately, the Conservative Party in Parliament continued to filibuster, and they filibustered for quite some time until December 15, 1964, when Francophone conservatives switched sides at 2 a.m. So at 2 a.m. on the 15th of December, 1964, there was this big switch where they're like, screw it. Cloture was invoked and a vote on the flag took place and the current flag of Canada passed 163 to 78. Of course, Canada being a Commonwealth nation still had to get permission from the Queen 
So the bill was sent to Queen Elizabeth and was signed by her in late January. And the signing was witnessed by a Canadian delegation of very important people because this also coincided with the death of Winston Churchill. They were all there. They wouldn't have gone just to see the signing of the bill, but they were there to pay respects to Winston Churchill. So they also got to see the signing of the new flag bill. The official start date for the Canadian flag was February 15th, 1965. And George Stanley, who again received death threats that he should not show up, he was a traitor to Canada, all this sort of thing, showed up to the unveiling of the new flag the first time it was flown in a Hudson Bay jacket. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it other than everyone else was wearing, you know, brown and blue and, you know, conservative cold weather clothes. And he's got this stripy beige and black and everything going on that he was intentionally saying, you know, come at me. Again, just a real ballsy move on his part. The flag was run up the pole to the tune of O Canada, and there exists a film of this, which again I will link. And it has been the flag of Canada for the past 50 years, going on 51 in about four weeks here. So that's the birth of the Canadian flag, as envisioned by Lester Pearson due to his Nobel Peace Prize winning work during the Suez Crisis, which I think makes it a fascinating tale and will hopefully give us a little bit of background as we move into contemporary flag changes, again, of South Africa in the 1990s and of New Zealand and Fiji currently undergoing flag changes. As a final note, if you are a Canadian citizen, you are entitled to a free Canadian flag that has flown over the Parliament building, although the waiting list, depending on which article you read, is somewhere between 30 and 50 years. So don't hold your breath on that one. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Vexilogic cast. Next week, again, it's going to be a flag change themed week. And hopefully I'll get it out on Wednesday, assuming that my stove does not try to kill me again and I don't have any gas line issues. You can, of course, see more information about what we talked about today on vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. Discussion at the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. The Vexillogicast is on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vexillogicast. And then I have my own personal Twitter and Patreon accounts. So you can yell at me and possibly throw some money my way. I'm always looking for suggestions. If you have any flags that you would like to, if you have any flags that you would like me to cover or flag related topics that you would like to cover. Or of course, if you would like to perhaps get in touch, if you're in the Philadelphia area or something like that, I'm always available for a beer. Thanks again for listening and best wishes from the Vexilogicast.